Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to this edition of the John Papaloni Show. Today, we have Nick Stefano, also known as Awesome Nick D. Nick, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, John. I'm excited to have an awesome podcast with you today. Absolute pleasure. I think it's going to be exciting. It's going to be unique. I mean, I've, uh, I was looking at your website, and uh, yeah, I found it very, very interesting. So, But, you know, obviously, I know what I'm talking about here because I've been reading. You know what you're talking about because you know what you do. But let's give the uh, audience a uh, little uh, description of who you are, what you do, and how you got there. Sure. So I am a leadership and resilience speaker who empowers businesses to thrive in adversity so they can create awesome workplace cultures. That's a mouthful. What the heck does it actually mean? So really, I tell people I get to work with businesses who want to create places of employment where their people can overcome the times when the fit hits the shan. So I do that through coaching. I do that through leadership speaking. I do that through half day, full day workshops, leadership keynotes. Uh, really, if your business feels like there are times that and even it, I say business, even as entrepreneurs, right, as solopreneurs, if, if there are times when you feel like I feel lost or uncertain or nervous or anxious, if there are times and that's everyone, right? When we feel like that, we need to have the skills to understand that we can be leaders and we can overcome this adversity and be resilient. And I teach people how to do that. Awesome. How did you get into that? That's a great question. So um, my background is actually in higher education. So I spent a long time working in colleges and universities, and I got into training on resilience and leadership because I noticed in all of the work that I did, college students really struggled with resilience. And then I started to notice that those college students graduate and they continue to struggle with resilience. They don't know what to do when something goes wrong, whether that's something simple like failing a test or maybe it might be something as difficult as having to come out to your parents and they don't accept you. There's yeah. tons of opportunities. Absolutely. But now let me ask you something with this whole resilience thing. Yeah. Now, do you think this has anything to do with the fact that what something like 15 years ago, they stopped uh, counting scores, they stopped uh, allowing people to fail. Everyone was told that they were special and they could <laughs> do no wrong. There's eighth place trophies. Yeah, do you think any of this stuff contributed to that? Yeah, I think the world we live in today is, you know, we are more connected than we've ever been on top of all of those participation trophies and listen i'm a millennial i'm a product of that generation myself and i my condolences <laughs> and i still choose every day to go through hard things and i got participation trophies so i think that's a piece of it but i also think you know there, there's a problem with what we're actually teaching our our children and then into college there are you know, they used to say that there were helicopter parents. And then I started experiencing more of like a bulldozer parent of this parents is like, I'm just going to clear the way for my kid. So they never have to go through anything hard. Um, like, let's make this smooth path. And that's just not life. Um, so that happened. And then we started that same generation. We started becoming more connected via social media. And people think that they're comparing themselves to all these other people out there and they think, oh, everyone has it so easy. And you can't see on social media all the crap I've been through. You can't see the rocks and the thorns and all the crap I've cleared out of the way because I didn't have a bulldozer parent. So I had to create my own path. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the thing, right? Let, let's be honest. I mean, I'm an older generation. I want to say, unfortunately, so really in this case, my condolences to me <laughs> um, because uh, it's I'm at an age, you know, that you always grow up saying, yeah, I'll never get to that. It'll be that's so far away. Then you get to it and you're like, holy shit. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but isn't that everybody? I mean, I, I, I always thought my dad would live forever, right? Like, and yeah. that was like, that's the latest thing that's, that's happened to me within this year is my father passed away and it was, it was tragic, but you know what I told, I tell people, you can't be ready for when that thing is gonna go wrong, whatever it might be, but we can be prepared. And that's what we struggle with, right? Like I felt prepared for when my father passed away because of all the things he taught me, because of all of the training that I've done, because of the things that I regularly reflect on because I teach those people how to do that same skill, I felt prepared for it. I still wasn't ready. You're never emotionally ready for that moment when something goes terribly wrong, but we can be prepared for it and we can train for it. Absolutely. Now, yeah, so where I was going to go with what I was saying, besides calling myself old, I mean, I'm not that <laughs> old. Um, I'm not that old, but hey, you know what? Compared to where I, where at 20, I, th I didn't, you know, I thought my age was old. Age is just a number. <laughs> um, we have to tell ourselves that. 
It's not we want to. We have to tell ourselves that. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't that the truth? But, But yeah, so like where I'm going with this is that where I had the fortune of my generation, my generation was allowed to fail. My generation did fail. We succeeded, we failed. Um, even my own personal thing. I've had businesses that uh, were eight figures big and I've had a business that brought me to bankruptcy and I've been there and back. And I've then been back to eight figures, back down to zero, back, you know, I mean, I've been bouncing all over the place. You think it would sure. burn, but besides the point. Um, so where I'm going with this is that we were okay with struggling because, I mean, not struggling, I was failing. Sure. Because it wasn't really failing. It's only failing when you give up. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing that we're going with the resilience that you're talking about is people didn't really you know learn to accept the fact that okay we failed this did not work but you know what that doesn't mean the idea doesn't work it just means the way i'm doing it doesn't work what else can i do but what they do instead they walk away and they say ah that, that that's for somebody else yeah and a lot of times i look if somebody was in trying something out and they're three four or five years in and they're saying nothing's happening I, and you've gotten coaching, you've gotten sure. whatever, you've done everything you can. Not everything is for everybody. Let's be honest. There is a certain point that maybe it just doesn't suit you. And there's a time Absolutely. you have to accept that. But most times it takes 90 days with social media. People made it. People believe their real lives are Instagram. And it's like instant. And I, for me, my nickname for Insta, Instagram is instant gratification. I'm convinced that's the, that's what the real company name is. Instant gratification. <laughs> they shortened it to Instagram. Instant right? Like I'm convinced of machine. that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So what, sure. what happens is people's attention spans are a lot lower. Their uh, risk tolerance is a lot lower. And they want everything right now. I didn't get promoted in 90 days, so I'm going to quit. Yeah. And that's, you know, and again, this is the way society's become, and this is the way we've kind of been learning, in a sense, you know, with everything we've been talking about. So I've been, you know, so my message here is that failure is a gift because you learned one thing that didn't work, so you can learn what does work and become your best self using that knowledge. Yeah, that that's 100% the truth, John. You know, when... When you were talking, it made me think about one of the things that I say in my keynote is if you've stopped learning, you've stopped living. And, you know, resilience for me, when people ask me, like, what does it take to be resilient? It's a question I get asked often is this is the generation that that is starting to take over the workforce, right? It's this generation that doesn't see themselves as resilient, who all the things you described, instant gratification, they've never been able to uh, allowed to fail. And people ask, like, how do I get my employees to be resilient? How can I be more resilient? And really, at the end of the day, for me, resilience starts with self-awareness. And what you're talking about is, I would describe as self-awareness. It's recognizing, okay, I've been doing this for however many days, months, weeks, years. And these are the things that I've done to invest in myself. These are the things that I have tried differently. These are the things that I'm good at. And these are the areas where I struggle. I struggle with all things that are detail oriented. It's why I speak for a living. I don't have to worry about the Excel spreadsheet and the budgets and the numbers. I got people that can do that for me, but I know that's my strength and I'm self-aware so that when something does come up and it goes wrong, if I'm not good at it, it doesn't mean I've failed. It just means maybe I need to look at my team or the people around me, um, whether that's my family or my significant other, or the people that are on my team, how can they help me and support me, right? It's not like life isn't a solo act, right? Even if you're a solopreneur, like we don't do this thing called life on our own. There are people around us and that's part of self-awareness of recognizing maybe I don't have to do all of this. I could actually ask for help. Like, and that's a piece of resilience too, is being able to say, hey, I don't know everything. I need some help with this. Like, hey, over here, I'm struggling with this. Can someone please help me? Like that's, it doesn't mean you failed. That's okay. No, in fact, actually, to be honest, you probably succeed more yes. by asking for help because you've realized that you have a shortcoming, you know, in that area, and you know there's somebody else who could do it better for you. Sure. And that that's a strength. That's a strength knowing, you know, that you're not good at something, and you know who to go to to get it good. Um, now, look, I'm, I'm gonna. In a way, it's going to be an insult. In a way, it's going to be some truth um, to <laughs> some of these gurus. Sure. And because uh, I know what I'm about to say is everyone's going to relate it to one person. And I'm going to clarify. 
life does not start with why. Mm. And um, (laughs) (laughs) reality is long-term success does not start with why. Now, don't get me wrong. And and this is where I'm going to clarify because it's not intended as an insult because anybody who's read the book knows exactly what I'm referring to. I think it's on my shelf behind me. (laughs) Yeah, well, there you go. Right. So now that person is actually very wise. I think we're all talking about the same thing and going in the same circles, but I'm just looking at it at a different angle. And I mean, yes, I like to clarify, I believe why is important. Why your why will help you overcome that uh, desire to quit. Sure. But for growth, you need something beyond why. Mm -hmm. So when people happen is they figure out why, then they go to how. And that's the mistake. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, at the end of the day, what you need to figure out is who. Hmm. And, you know, what I mean by that is that because at the end of the day, we've already established you can't scale, you can't grow, you can't become this mega machine by yourself. It doesn't necessarily mean you need employees because you can have contractors, you can have, uh, you can have other companies that contribute. There's many different ways. Virtual assistants. I mean, AI, there's there's lots of things. Yeah. So there's lots of things to work with other platforms and people, but you're not going to physically do it by yourself and scale. So the first thing you should ask is this is what I want to do. Who do I need to be in contact with? Or who do I have to work with to be able to reach this goal? And then you've got to work. Once you figure it out, you know, you have your who's, then you can figure out your how to do it. Yeah. As you know, as you're talking about it, it makes me think about what I call my GPS which is what I feel like all individuals should have in order to succeed, right? I tell people our goal is to be chasing the awesome life. And I can talk to you about what, what that means and, and the reason for that in a second. But to do that, you have to have a GPS, which is your goals first, your purpose, and then your strategies to achieve those, right? And you're, you're spot on. So many people start with that, that why. Start with why. Why are you doing this? What's the, that's the purpose, right? But you have to have a goal. A purpose without a specific goal in mind is it's insurmountable. It's, it's, I want to change the world and create a world where kindness is the, the, the one thing that exists in every single organization where everyone is able to be themselves. That's so big and massive that if I don't set a goal to say, I'm going to be on this many stages in 2024, or my goal is to bring in this much money in terms of profit for my business. If I don't set that goal first and foremost, I've wasted my time because then I don't have anything to to aim at. I'm just I've got this massive idea of I want to change the world. And I I saw that so much in college students. It was like, I want to save all of the dolphins. Okay, cool. That's wonderful. How the heck are you going to do that? Like, what's the goal to get you there? And then we can start talking about the strategies, which is what you're saying. Those who's how right? The, the day-to-day operations, what techniques do we need to, to involve? What do I need to learn? And, and if we don't have that GPS, we go nowhere. And I mean, if you think about a GPS too, it's the machine itself is useless until you actually put the destination. In. Like you can pull up maps on your phone. It's useless until you actually say, I want to go here and put it in there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Love that. So, okay. You said you were going to explain something. Um, yeah. Chasing the awesome life. Um, yeah. <laughs> so um, when I started my business and, you know, as I listen to your podcast, I think it's, it's cool to hear people's stories of kind of how they evolve. And, you know, I said, if we're not learning, we're not living. And um, I started my business as DiStefano Leadership. And I started putting it out there. One, people can't say my last name. <laughs> um, and in a lot of businesses, people know the value in it. You know that you need to get your taxes done, right? You know you, you got to do dry cleaning. You know, if you're having a wedding, you know you need a DJ or a band. Like there are things people know the value behind it. But as a leadership consultant and a speaker, I have to sell myself to people on like what I do and why I do it and why they need it. And um, and most businesses have to do that. I just feel like sometimes I fight a, a little bit more of an uphill battle compared to many. So um, I found that I wasn't really telling a good story as to what I was doing and why I was doing it. And one of my, my keynotes at the time when I first started was all about how you could bring awesome energy into everything that you do, into your business, into your life. And It was about how we could do that and be resilient. And at the same time, two years after I started my business, I found out that my oldest kid is on the autism spectrum. And it changed my perspective in terms of what human potential looks like and what truly an awesome life looks like. And so I started telling a different story about how you can continue to chase an awesome life, no matter what resilience or whatever adversity you've 
have handed to you, you can still chase that awesome life. And so my business is now trademarked as chasing the awesome life. I'm Stefano leadership doing business as chasing the awesome life. And it's named after my kid who is Calvin or Cal for short. So it's chasing the awesome life. So I, I just think it's important that we think about how we are evolving and what story are we telling people every single day in the work that we do. Yeah, absolutely. See, there you go. You, you just, you just actually showed anybody watching or listening to this, the definition of resilience. And here's what I mean by that. Your son has autism. Now, what can happen a lot of times is that people can use whatever comes across them as a crutch mm -hmm. or as a destination. And most people, let, let's be honest, why are most people what we call drones? Because they do not chase. They, they, they play victim instead of survivor. Mm -hmm. And what ends up happening is you could have looked at that and said, okay, what am I up against here? What do I have to learn? What do I have to do? I mean, you're going to do that no matter which side you take. Sure. But some person could, some people, most people would just turn around and say, okay, well, I had these dreams, but you know what? I need to make sure that I'm prepared, you know, for everything that's ahead of me. So I need to get a job, a job that provides benefits. So this way I can take care of my kid and I can make sure I'm prepared in every way. And I have that stable salary so I can save my money. So mm -hmm. they're prepared for the future and spend your whole life yeah. as that victim. See, you're laughing at it because you know how ridiculous it, yeah, is. it is. But the reality is, isn't that what people think? And I mean, maybe not in that way and, and in the you know condescending tone that I'm talking, but <laughs> but in general, that's the, the, the path people usually take. Yeah, sure. You looked beyond that and said, okay, I'm not playing victim here. I'm going to say this happened for me mm -hmm. and this is the opportunity that I have to make something better and I can use this as a gift and I can build my talents so I can create a better life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know, it's, it's people ask themselves why, why me, but the reality is we should be asking ourselves, why not me? Like, why, why did this not like, this is everything that happens to us. I believe we need to, when things go wrong, figure out how we can make our mess, our message. How do I turn this shit into fertilizer? Like it can, you can sit there and look at it and go, this sucks. But until you accept it, you can't move forward from it. Whatever it is you've been handed, if it's the business failure, if it is the loss of a loved one, if it is the cancer diagnosis, if you can't conquer adversity until you accept it. Um, and, and I see so many people struggle with that. Of course. I mean, the big C, man, I, I don't care what anybody says. There's no way I could turn around and say that happened for me. Yeah, no, ab absolutely. <laughs> um, listen, like, I, and, and you know what? I, I understand that, but I would also still challenge that like everything that happens to us in life happens for us. If we choose to allow it, the big C sucks and it, it crushes families. Like it, it's, awful. No one should have to go through that. But if we choose to look at it and say, what am I learning from this? What can I get from this? Even when we, even in loss, there is something that we learn. Um, and I, I mean, I'm experiencing that right now. My dad passed away two months ago and I'm still every day going, why, why did this happen? But the reality is I'm not asking it in a, oh, why did this happen? It's okay. Why did this happen? And what am I going to do with this? It's okay, so what, and now what? Like, what am I gonna do with this, because of this, from this? Of course, I'm not, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, you stop living or stop doing stuff because uh, something bad happens. I'm just saying it's easy to say that, you know, you gotta look at stuff for us, but when something big like that happens and you're really facing your mortality, because in the majority of cases, Mm -hmm. There's no way I, I, anyone can expect somebody to not, sure. not question things, right? Now, yeah, I'm not yeah. saying uh, at the same time. I'm not saying that um, they should allow the, that that uh, they should allow a diagnosis to can you know to define them. Uh, I'm just saying that regardless of when something bad happens, everybody ha is going to have a pity party. Sure. Now, and what I mean, what I where I see, and here's where I think I'm aligned with you, is that I think it's all right to have that pity party. It is. Have that, have that time, place that time just for yourself, have that pity party, get it out and then define what's next. Yeah. Abs oh, absolutely. You know, I, I, 
one of my keynotes, I wear a backpack. You you can go and watch. I saw it that. I saw it, that. Right? So one of the, thirty one, pounds, right? In my, yeah, in, <laughs> and in my my TEDx that I gave, I started with a backpack on, and I spend the first ten minutes talking and telling a story about something that's happened to me in my life, and. I guarantee most people when they're looking at me are wondering, why does this guy have the backpack on? And I asked that question. Um, and then the reality is, I, in that moment, I'm pretending that it doesn't exist, but everyone else can see it. And I, I think that's what so many people do, That third, and, and it has 30 pounds in it. So it symbolizes the fact that we don't, one, know what people are carrying, ever. I don't know what's inside anyone's backpack and what they've been through up until that moment when they have met me. I'm never going to fully know that. I am not you. I am not anyone else in this world. But the reality is what you're talking about, John, is so many people pretend like the backpack doesn't, they're afraid to put it on. They don't ever want to accept whatever is in it. So they're never willing to, and it goes back to some of that generational way that people have been raised, but also just the fact that even in other generations, we still never really trained people for how to go through tough times like that. You you train for it when it actually happens. Like that's the training. It's on the job training. You know, when something goes wrong, it's like, okay, let me figure this out. How do I go through this grief? How do I go through this massive change in my life or my business? Like there's no training out there on like prepare for how to go through bankruptcy. Like it doesn't exist, but we should train people on how to be resilient. So when that does happen, they can get through it successfully. Absolutely. Now let's be clear, right? Like a lot of the driving force, like if, if it health related reasons that has to do with fear, like, I mean, and a justifiable fear, everything else I think is uh created fear because of lack of knowledge, lack of experience or what we've been programmed, right? Like look at bankruptcy. Let's be honest. Why are people afraid of it? I mean, don't get, let's, let's be clear just to get this out of the air. I'm not sitting here telling everybody to wake up and say, I'm going <laughs> bankrupt today. <Yay>! That's, <laughs> that's not what I mean. No, try not to do that, folks. Don't do that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but what I mean by that is that um, it is frowned upon in a way that it, it's projected. Like when through parents, through loved people, like the intention is good. But sometimes you're afraid to take the risk because you don't want to go bankrupt. Mm -hmm. Right. And let's, uh, let's be honest, who created that term? I'll tell you who the bankers, the bankers the who loaned you the money <laughs> and they have a vested yeah. interest in that term. Don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, so and again, I'm not encouraging it, but my point I'm getting at is that it goes to what you said, right? Like health wise, we don't, everyone's going to face something, whether it's something directly within themselves or within a loved one, mm -hmm. everyone's going to face some form of health crisis throughout their life. Sometimes some people are unfortunate and they face multiple. And what happens is that stuff you cannot control, prevent. There's nothing you can do about it. I mean, other than, you know, eat healthy, exercise and whatever, and try to mitigate the risks. It doesn't mean you got rid of it. Mm -hmm. But in terms of that financial thing that I'm talking as an example, that stuff people can control, but sometimes by not taking any risks, you're actually setting yourself up and it goes to mindset because if you yes. think, keep thinking, I'm not going bankrupt, I'm not going bankrupt, I'm not going bankrupt. How many times does somebody do that and then realize they're further in debt than they started with? How did that happen? Because yeah. what happens is what you focus on is where you go yep. and your mind is set on not going bankrupt. So what did you do? You focused on bankruptcy. So what choices are you going to make? All those choices that are going to lead you to that. Right. So I don't think I think the messaging needs to change and that term needs to stop. And I think instead of being afraid of it and trying to avoid it at all costs, again, not saying go for it. Uh, I think you should be looking at the results you want mm -hmm. and try to figure out how to get the results and be able to how to do that and worry less about what ramification could possibly happen. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you talked about starting that with fear. Right, that that's where a lot of this comes from. And that's why people struggle with resilience is because of fear, because we're afraid of fill in the blank. I think we should reframe what fear even is. I, I tell people and I coach people and train on the idea that fear is not a bad thing. Fear, I say fear is just an opportunity to be brave. At the end of the day, that's what fear is. It's, it's your opportunity to say, okay, this is terrifying. But because it's terrifying, I have the opportunity to use my, 
you know, resilience workbook, my skills, the things that I've done as a leader, what celebrate the things that make me awesome as a person, because I am self-aware enough to recognize that even though I am afraid, I have the capability within me to overcome this. I have done things similar to this. I have been through hard things in life before. Even if you were a product of that bulldozer parent, you still can choose to go through hard things now at let's say 25, 26 years old and you're out of college as a young professional and you're thinking, I've never faced adversity. I don't know what to do. Well, you can choose to do something hard today, even if it's just something uncomfortable as striking up a conversation with a person in, in line in front of you at Starbucks, right? That's uncomfortable, but that's training yourself mindset wise to say, I'm going to choose to do something uncomfortable. And I'm, am I afraid to do it? Yeah, because I don't know who the heck this person is. I'm nervous about it. So some people it's really natural, but for others that might be terrifying, but they have that opportunity to be brave. And then when we do that more and more, it builds on itself. And then we realize that we have the capability within ourselves to be a leader, be resilient, to do hard shit every day. Um, that's what I want more people to do. Absolutely. Now, parents, I got a message for you. Stop fucking up your kids. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, let them fail. So that's actually really good. Uh, I, I know you say that jokingly, but like, so my kids are eight and six, they're young. My one kid's on the autism spectrum and he's got his own challenges. But the reality is I know now that I want them to do hard things. So here's a great example that I share with parents all the time, because they'll ask, what, what do I do? Like, how can I prevent, let your kid fail. What does that look like? Well, if your kid's 12 years old and they're obsessed with being on their phone and they only know how to text, the next time you go out to a restaurant and you need to make a reservation, you know who's going to make it for you? Your 12-year-old's going to pick up the phone and they're going to call the restaurant and they're going to make the reservation and you're not going to tell them how to do it. See what happens. It's not life or death and it is an opportunity for them to try something new. They can call and make their own doctor's appointment. What? Why is a 13 or 14 year old doing that? Why can't they? There are things like that that I think parents have the opportunity to do every day to challenge their kids to fail and then talk to them about it. Don't just say, oh, well, you failed. Let's talk about it. Let's learn. Absolutely. You know what? We opened up Pandora's box, so I'm going to say it. <laughs> I'm going to say what I have to say here. Get it, get it. Get it. <laughs> um, okay. The other thing, you know, that uh, look, kids, how many times do like even growing up, you hear you can be whatever the heck you want when you grow up. <laughs> Why in the world would you think that a six year old would ever think that they couldn't? Sure. Right. So like, like at six years old, if they, if you told them they can be whatever they want, what do you want to be? They might say a fire truck. You mean a fireman? No, they mean the fucking fire truck. They yeah. don't know they can't be a machine. They want to be a transformer, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Optimus that's Prime. Point. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what I'm getting at, right? So yeah. when you tell them shit like that, it comes out of love. But the reality is you're showing them that there's limitations in life. Mm -hmm. And that's the only limitations we have are the ones we create for ourselves. And we all have it. And even though we're going to talk about being gurus here and that uh, we're here to help people, it does not mean we don't have our own limitations. It means that we are conscious that we do and we're trying to consistently work on it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's the idea that like I can't carry this 30 pound backpack around by myself all the time. I need to ask for help from people like we said before, because there I have limitations. I am human and I am full of potential and I am also full of the opportunity to fail every day. And your kids have that same opportunity every single day right and that's the other thing that uh another thing that that i hear that uh you know gets me going for a lack of better description sure oh when you grow up you can go to university become a doctor a lawyer or whatever the hell it is that the parent thinks that their kid should be mm -hmm. now my issue with that is not that the encouragement is fine but what if they happen to work at walmart as a greeter are they that bad of a person now because did they, they now did they disappoint you because they're not living up to your expectation? Yeah, right. Like, and reality is, isn't life supposed to be about figuring out who we are, mm -hmm. not trying to be who somebody else that somebody else wants us to be? Yeah, you know, and as you say that, it makes me think about the question that is asked of every single um, senior that's about about to go to college. We ask them, "What are you going to study? What's your major going to be?" I, I hate that question with a passion because it is so focused on expectations, on outcomes. What's more important to me is 
Who are you? What's important to you? What do you value? If you want to be successful in college and beyond, it's less about what the diploma on the wall says. And it's more about who you are as a person. Because I've met some people from universities that are well known and they're complete crap in terms of the way they treat other people. They don't know how to be kind. They don't know how to overcome adversity. You know, they're they're garbage human in terms of who they are. Um, because they're, and- they're groomed to become entitled, owed, and they are, were told that they were so special, they could do no wrong, and they're better than everybody because they followed what their parents said. Sure. And, and the intent was never that, but it's almost like parents love their kids so much that they're overdoing everything. In fact, I don't even like the word university. Let's be honest. For 80% of the people out there, university is a waste of fucking time. It is just an institutional uh, you know, organization that was backed by the government because they approve all loans, whether you can afford to pay it or not, and told to go there because there's going to be some mystifying dream that's going to somehow come true and it doesn't for majority because what's the common line out there for kids today i did not go to university to work at starbucks so let me guess you went to university so you can live in your fucking parents basement for the rest of your life (laughs) is that the alternative now the issue isn't the kid because they've been told this growing up so that's what they were led to believe Stop telling your kids to go to university. Stop telling them what to do. Instead, let's start encouraging them and start showing them that there is options out there. Let them find their path. Teach them how to find a path. If university is the path for them to get to where they're supposed to be, then that's great. That is amazing. I'm not against university. I'm against the message that you're a loser if you don't go to university. Sure, absolutely. I I couldn't agree more, which is why I don't like the question of, What are you majoring in? Because that's not important to me because so many students feel that they have to go there. And then when they have that first moment when they're 19 years old and they're away from their family for the first time that maybe I don't want to do this, then they feel like a failure because they've been told they have to do this their whole life. And then they drop out or worse, they stick with it. They accrue all this debt and then they can't pay it because they're working at Starbucks. So I would rather parents and students, or even if you're a young professional and you graduated and you're trying to figure out, do I really want to use this degree? I would rather you take the time to celebrate what makes you awesome. Let's celebrate the things that you are good at. You know, go take an assessment. I coach people on Clifton Strengths because I want people to know what they're good at. I want people to recognize, like, I'm aware that I'm good at these things. I'm good at influencing others. Okay, what are some opportunities that I can use that skill? What what have I accomplished in my life? And what are the things that are important to me? And, and when those two things kind of come together, right, what am I good at and what's important to me? That's where we can use things like the GPS and figure out, okay, how do I set a goal? So even if I am working at Starbucks and I have all this debt, but I don't want to live in my parents' basement forever, how do I set this goal to say, I want to be a fill in the blank? Okay, go out there and set the goal of you need to learn this skill and go learn it and do it and then do it for a reason and have a strategy to get there. And that's where resilience lives. It's about, you know, that old Mike Tyson quote of everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Well, punch yourself in the face for like, choose to do something hard. Like we wait till we get punched in the face, but like, maybe you should just go ahead and just sock yourself in in the face and be like, this sucks. I'm going to try this difficult thing because if I don't go through the difficult thing, I'm never going to learn and be better. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So So, don't actually, don't actually punch yourself in the face people. That's probably not a good idea. Oh, (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I had to, I had to, of course, be my theatrics, you know? (laughs) So awesome. All right. So yeah, everything we said is so true. And, and, and it's very important that people learn this stuff. I mean, before it's too late because, um, you know, look, let's be honest. You want to go to the gym? That's hard to do, especially, you know, if you're going to be consistent. But not going to the gym is just as hard because the uh, effects of not doing it, as an example. Maybe the gym's a bad idea, but point is, it's just as easy to do or hard to do something as it is to not do it and do something else because you have different hearts. So in the end, what the real question is, choose your heart. Which heart mm-hmm. do you want to live in? Well, and then when you choose it, give yourself grace. 
and compassion. And like, remember that your story is not the same as anybody else's. It's unique to you. And you need to stop comparing your chapter one to somebody else's chapter seven. You know, people say that all the time. But the reality is, if you only practice kindness for others, and we don't practice it for ourselves. And we don't say like, I'm choosing to do this difficult thing. But I'm going to give myself grace and compassion and kindness and say, this is going to suck. This is going to be uncomfortable. I'm not supposed to be good at it. Like I'm supposed to fail. That's okay. But I'm going to keep going anyways, because I want to be kind to myself. And because I'm choosing this hard, like you said, versus the other hard, which is to do nothing. You got it. Which brings up the point. You could have taken the traditional path. In fact, in the beginning, you said you did take the traditional path. Mm -hmm. What was your motivation to do this? Why are you so motivated to leap away from the traditional, you know, steady gig, steady pay, so people think, kind of uh, pattern? What was that? that Yeah inspiration so um that's that's a great question john so full transparency i believe there's two things in the world that are the most addictive things in the world and that's drugs and a salary um okay so um third 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 what's the third cell phones cell phones okay people are uh, obsessed with theirs (laughs) three three things right so um my goal is to be a full-time entrepreneur and to do this full-time but i i can't fully say that i've done it i still do have a a steady gig but here's the thing and this is what i think is different right so i said i worked in higher education i now work in um in healthcare as well higher <laughs> education not lower education right no no because you said um, i work in higher education and it goes now why and i go lower education <laughs> yes well i i think the people in healthcare think that it's a higher higher education um, okay. but, <laughs> but i digress right we're not going to talk about doctors today we're talking about the fact that I don't think there's anything wrong with having a steady gig or a job if it is something that you love or something that is helping you. My job every day is to train our healthcare professionals and help them to be better providers of care and to be more compassionate. That's very similar to what I'm doing in my work as a a speaker and as a resilience coach. I'm just doing it for organizations that are not here. Um, And I do it because I I have a team of people. And will I get to a point where I say, you know what, I can't do both of these? Absolutely. And I'm just not there yet. Um, But I don't think there's anything wrong with any entrepreneur having another job. And some of that is I've, I've listened to other episodes of yours. It's there are so many entrepreneurs that that struggle of how do I go from this full time thing where everything is steady to I'm taking a leap of faith and trusting in myself and I'm getting closer and closer to it every day. Um, I'm just, I'm not a hundred percent there, but I also, I love my job and I'm not afraid to admit that because it helps me to be better at my job as a speaker. That's interesting. That's very interesting. (laughs) I've, uh, you know what? I've swayed on this uh, topic so many times because I have, um, again, like to set the tone here, I believe people should do whatever they need to do to avoid themselves, you know, going into mass panic. Um, Do what you need to do. I'm not, uh, my my statements aren't a criticism as someone's better or someone's worse or anything like that. Sure. Um, Again, I think we all go through the same things. We just deal with them differently. Mm -hmm. And so where I'm going with this is that where I go back and forth is that I got a mixed feelings on uh, the whole, uh, you know, burn the, you know, burn the bridge and uh, don't look back versus, uh, you know, have that job and, uh, you know, work your way into your, yeah. you know what I mean? I've got that yeah. mixed feelings and I, sure. I, I don't know where I've, like, it's one of those things. I'm like that plane that, that keeps bouncing cause it can't yep. land. And uh, that's one of those things. So it depends on the day you talk to me one day. I'm like, you know, burn you're not quitting bounce. your job cause you can't commit. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, and then, absolutely. And then, absolutely. And then the next day, uh, I'm like turning around and says, well, if you're going to go to mass panic and, and you're going to burn the wrong side of the bridge, then maybe you should do this slowly. <laughs> so I don't know, right? Like, yeah. It's, it's like I got that mixed feelings. Now, well, Now I've always been like myself. I'm the type of person that when I do something, I fully commit. Yep. And, and I'm fully into it. And that's just me. Sure. Now, I pay some prices for that choice. Mm-hmm. And I got some gains from that choice. Sure. Right. So it's, there's no, that's why I always say there's no real wrong. It's what's right for you. Well, but to me, it's about what's your story and what do you, 
what do you value? And like I said, everyone's story is unique and there is no right way or wrong way. And, and that's why I say full transparency, right? You could look at my website and people are like, oh man, this guy's doing it full time. That's what I want people to think. Like I want to project that I am an expert in leadership and resilience because I believe that I am and I can have a full-time job and still be an expert in that. I use the skills that I have as a leadership trainer, speaker, facilitator, coach in my job every day. And I use it when I work for a Fortune 500 company or I work for the small business down the road. It doesn't matter to me who I'm doing the work for. If I'm helping an organization to create an awesome workplace culture, which is what I do every day at my job for this healthcare system that I'm a part of, then I love what I'm getting to do. To me, it's, it's, I, I understand what you're saying and that there isn't, you know, you waver on it. Cause there's a lot of times when I think I should have burned the boats like two years ago and not look back. And then there are other days when I'm like, I love what I just got to do today. And it had nothing to do with anything that's on my website. Like, and there are people at my job that don't even know my website exists. And they don't need to because I'm here for the people I am serving in the moment, whether it's my full-time job or the business that has chosen to contract me to come in for a day worth of leadership speaking. Well, I'm glad you just said what you said because that gave me perfect clarity to what I want to say. Sure. Which is that if you're watching this and because we're teeter-tottering and you're going, what do I do? Yeah. Here's the very simple answer. And this is my opinion. And you can agree, disagree, doesn't matter because it's my opinion. Sure. Is that um, if you're like Nick, and you have that passion for your job, you just have goals that you want that are outside the job, then go do both. If you're going to work, waking up every day going, ah, fuck, why do I have Hate to do this? this? Quit. Yeah, ab oh, absolutely, 100%. But I, I tell people all the time, I love my job. Um, but I also love the stuff that I do outside of here just as much, probably a little more, and eventually I'm gonna get to the point where I'm gonna say, you know what? I can't do both of these. And I think that's what's important is that you have to recognize even in the moment, if you're doing two things, if you have a side gig and a full-time job, you can't do, we can't do everything. I can't be everything for everyone. And there's going to come a time where I'm going to have to make that tough decision to say to my team at work, I can't be here anymore because I am too in demand somewhere else. And I'm just not there right now. Do I hope that I'll get there someday? Sure. And I'll have that tough conversation because I'm prepared to do it when it happens. Boom. There we go. There we go. That's it. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. Yeah, I agree with you there. Everyone's different. So absolutely going to um, the next part is that there's going to be a lot of people watching this and some people are going to be fascinated. Some people are going to be naysayers. Sure. That's part of the uh, whatever. Life. What would your advice be? What would you say to someone who comes up and, you know, and wants to say that uh, I don't really believe that this is possible. You're not, you can't be 100% at both because you admittedly just said that. So what are you sacrificing? So I would say I'm not 100% at both um, and I'm okay with that. Um, and I think that if more people were willing to be vulnerable and ask for help and say, hey, I, I can't do this. And there are times when I have said to clients that could pay me money to bring me in to do a day or two worth of work that I'll have to say to them, I can't do this because I have this commitment at work or I can't do this because and that's the other piece of this too, is sometimes I can't do things because I've got an eight-year-old and a six-year-old and I don't want to miss his soccer tournament on the weekend. And I'd rather be at that. So I'll, I'll tell someone I can't do this at this point, but I think that there is nothing wrong with saying, I can't do this, but these are the things I can do. I like to like to talk about the fact that I will every single day as much as I possibly can, John, I try and do the can-can dance. Not literally because I suck at dancing. Um, I'm not like a Radio City Rocket or anything like that, but I can't do everything. Nobody can. There's nothing wrong with saying I can't, but it shouldn't end with a period. It needs to have a comma. I can't do this. However, I can do this for you or I can do this. And it's about setting expectations for yourself, setting boundaries for yourself, and staying true to your values. What's important to you? At the end of the day, I value my family. I value kindness. I value love. And I value leaving this world a better place in my job and in my side gig, side hustle, whatever you want to call it, right? And my work as a leadership speaker, I don't, for me, I don't consider it a side hustle or a side gig. Like it's just who I am. It's just another thing that I do. And I'm okay 
with setting that expectation and having that tough conversation, whether it's with someone at work or with someone that wants to do business with me, because I'm going to be true to who I am and my mission and what's important to me. There we go. See, and I believe that. I, I believe every organization, when they begin, needs to know what their values are, yes. set their values, and basically anybody to bring on their team has to know what their values are and what it represents. And as long as you stick to your core values, then everything else uh, can be uh, figured out. Sure. And, the, and, and you need to have people on your team that are aligned with them. Like I put my hands together like this for anyone watching because there are so many times that we bring people onto our teams and even the people I choose to do business with, I'm not for everyone. I'm not going to work with every single organization and I'm okay with that. Some organizations don't align with my values and I'm going to tell them I, I, we're not for each other, right? We're on, we're reading from different pages of music and you need to find a different leadership speaker to do this. Like this is not my forte or we don't align, whatever it may be. There's nothing wrong with saying no, I'm not for you. You're not my cup of tea. That's okay. 100%. Now, one thing I learned when I was younger is that you get more benefit learning when to say no than when to say yes. Hmm. So that's a key component. There's nothing wrong with saying no. Just know what aligns with you, know what you can do, and learn when to say yes and learn when to say no. Amen. Awesome. So now going down to a couple more questions before I go into what I call the lightning round. Yep. So what advice would you have for new aspiring entrepreneurs looking to get started? Know what you're good at, learn your strengths, um, because things are going to go wrong. If you are going to be an entrepreneur, part of being an entrepreneur is the fit hits the shan. Things are going to, you're, you're going to fail. It is, if you don't think you're going to fail, you've already failed. So in order to succeed with that, you need to know what are your strengths? If you're good at budgeting, you need to know that. If you're awful at strategic forecasting and vision setting, well, then you better get somebody to help you with that. If you're awful at writing copy, well, then you better use AI or find someone that can help you with it. So you need to do some hard reflection on what are you good at? And you need to ask yourself some very specific questions and look back on if you're going from a full-time job to an entrepreneurial life, what am I walking into this with? Not just like, oh, cool, here's a great idea. I'm going to go do this. Okay, well, what are you good at before you go and do that? Because you can have the best idea. But if you again, if you don't have that GPS with the goals, the purpose, and the strategies and know what you're good at, you're wasting your time. Absolutely. All right. Second last question. How do you know you've had a successful day? Ooh. So I know so many people that create to-do lists, right? I like to, at the end of the day, create my got done list. So I will sit down and journal at the end of the day and think about what are the things that I got to do today? I got to sit down and have dinner with my entire family. Maybe I was in meetings all day long and it feels like I got nothing done. There's nothing checked off of my to-do list. Well, actually how I look at it is who did I get to build relationships with today? Who did I get to talk to about their family? So for me, I know if I've had a successful day by actually assessing it. You don't know if you've had a successful day if you just go to bed at the end of the day and don't actually think about what did I get to do today? And that's a mindset shift, right? Not what did I get done? Like what are the things I had to do? But like, what are the things I learned today? What brought me joy today? I ask my kids at the end of every day, I tell them before we get in, in out of the car at school, I'll ask them, what are we gonna do today? And they'll tell me, and you see it on my wall, be awesome and be kind. So then I ask them the question at the end of the day, did anybody do anything kind for you today? And what did you do for somebody else that was kind today? Because if we don't ask ourselves the question, we're not assessing how things were. If we think like, oh yeah, today was a great day, but you can't tell me why, well then I don't know if it was a great day. We can't look for kindness. We can't be kind if we don't look for kindness at the same time, right? So if you want to look for, if you want to be successful, you have to look at what success looks like. Awesome. All right. Last but not least is that, uh, where do people find you? Yeah, it's a great question. So, um, you can find me online, chasing the awesome life.com or anywhere, uh, on social media. It's at awesome Nick D. Um, but one of the things, John, that, that I want to do for your listeners, so we've talked a lot about resilience today. Um, I've got 50 resilience prompts, so some very specific things that people can think about. I said you don't know what success looks like if you don't actually 
you know, measure it, right? So things like describe your biggest accomplishment and why does that mean so much to you, right? Or write down the last three people that you left better than you found them. So I have 50 specific resilience prompts that I would love to give to any of your listeners who want it. So all they need to do, just jump on any social media channel, send me a DM that just says resilience, and I will gladly share that with anyone on your channel. Not something I usually just give away, but I'd be happy to give it to all of your listeners. Um, 50 resilience prompts, just send me a message, says resilience, and I'll send it directly over to you. Fantastic. Love that. Awesome. All right, let's get into the lightning round with let's question do it. number one, which is, what is your favorite food and why? I love pizza all pizza. I don't think I've found a pizza that I don't like. I know a lot of people are picky about it, but give me pizza. All right. Sounds great. All right. Is that a medium or a large? <laughs> uh, large. 100% large. I'm like Kevin McAllister. I want a whole cheese pizza all for myself. There we go. It's on route, buddy. It's on route. Let's go. Awesome. All right. Second, favorite travel destination and why? Ooh, favorite travel destination. So um, I live near a beach. Um, so this is going to sound cheesy. Uh, I can go to the beach whenever I want, but my favorite travel destination would be my home. So going back to Maryland, um, just being able to be with family is important to me. I live about eight, nine hours away from them. So favorite travel destination would be home with family and friends in Maryland. That's an amazing answer. Awesome. Now let's get into number three, which is going to be your favorite podcast and or book. Ooh, oh goodness. Um, favorite book. So one of my, the podcasts that I listen to every day, religiously, they put one out just about every single day is the daily dad with Ryan holiday. Um, it's based on stoic philosophy, love just the ideas that, that come from that. And it's short, it's like three to five minutes. So it's enough for me to actually listen to without interruption. Um, so that's one of my like all time favorites that I listen to regularly. Um, and then favorite book. That is a great question. So um, I've got, I mean, you can see on my shelf, I've got tons of books behind me. Um, should I say start with why by Simon Sinek? Um, no, I'll say um, my favorite book of all time. I'll go with another Ryan Holiday. Ego is the Enemy um, by Ryan Holiday. Great book against stoic philosophy. Love oh, I love work. that book. Yeah, it's a classic. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Awesome. If for the last and final question, if you were given unlimited amount of money, but only 48 hours to spend it, what you spend, you get to keep what you don't spend gets taken away. What would you do? Um, I would definitely give a lot of the money to autism research. Um, so that I could hopefully benefit from that for my own family. Um, I would invest in um, a coffee shop called Biddy and Bows. It is a coffee shop that hires people who are special needs. Um, and I would do that because I would then be able to employ my own kid into that hopefully someday in the future. Um, so I would invest in the infrastructure and the cost to, to make that happen. Um, and then in 48 hours, I'd probably buy some pizza. Um, I'd probably buy some pizzas and pass it out to some people who could use it. Um, I don't, I, that, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Those are, those are the, the three things I, I would spend it on. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. That's a good, you know, great, great cause there. I love it. Love it. Love it. And it is 48 hours. So it's not like you have all, you know, it might, take me, spend. <laughs> it might take me 48 hours just to do the franchise uh, paperwork for the, the coffee shop. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Nick, it's been amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, John. This has been an awesome time. Absolutely. It was fun for sure. If you like what you saw and you want to see some more, subscribe to the link below. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the John Papaloni show.